So yeah, so we were just talking. Um, I when I got when I seen you were signed up for the showdown, I, I got excited. And uh, but I had no idea until afterwards. So we were you were you heard some of the podcasts because when I had reached out to you, you said um you heard a podcast it might have been the one with Garrett and you're like oh mm-hmm. shit yeah I didn't realize you were so like high on me and my abilities <laughs> I had no idea so I had heard some commotion you know I had heard hey people are talking about you on the king of the list podcast and I was like all right I was like uh well I knew Garrett was on it and I was like well I don't know if Garrett likes me does he like me and I was like, and then I was like, all right, I have to listen to it. You know, I got to know what they said. And I was like, all right, wow. I did not expect that. I guess they really do like me. It's, it, you know, it's funny. That was your impression to be like, does Garrett like me? When you hear it was Garrett. Does Garrett here like me? Because yeah, everybody like, is, <laughs> he trolls people, right? So when you hear they were talking about you on the King of this podcast and, oh, who was the guest? Garrett. You're like, oh, shit. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't good, but um, but it's it, it's so only until after I had messaged you that you said um, this was your fourth competition, and I could see how holy freaking moly! If four competitions deep, now when I think about what we were saying, like she she could be the next big thing. Oh my god! What are we? You know what are we looking at here? Could this be the emergence of? And you might be a stitch overwhelmed if you're like, holy smokes, guys. <laughs> was, this was just a little. <laughs> just yeah. a little. Like, I was hoping just to hit some PBs and do my thing. And now there's a little bit of pressure. Um, yeah. how, how was like, when you first signed up for the showdown, did you expect anybody to have expectations? Or did you think, oh, this is just going to be me having some fun? Well, the signups for the showdown were like a year in advance from the meet. So I, you know, I just signed up. I was like, you know, biggest raw meet. I was like, hell yeah, I want to do that. You know, I have only ever competed raw. And so I was all for this, you know, having fun. I did not expect any sort of like pressure or expectation. I was just going to go in there and have fun. Um, But it definitely turned into a lot bigger than what I initially expected for well, sure a year ago too I don't even remember when I started reposting so much but um once you popped on the radar like I, for sure if you signed up a year ago in the last year the hype has been accelerated and then on top of that the showdown meet initially before COVID and everything got canceled there's other competitions right like we mm-hmm. thought in the IPF, there's like like USAPL Raw Nationals. I there's the IPF yeah. World Championships, just there, and then there's US Kern or yeah the Kern US Open. There's um you know there's other massive competitions, but then when yeah. COVID hit, and all of them get canceled, all of them all over the world. European Championships right? like, are all gone. It's so disappointing to see. It's it so then, disappointing. Then all of a sudden, the one competition you're signed up for becomes under a magnifying you're all we got yeah (laughs) it becomes holy like everybody was watching the entire world was watching right (laughs) and and usually when i do um like when the ipf world championships rolls around i'll do like like a preview show and i'll have a bunch of the lifters on as guests and then same with the u.s raw nationals same with like u.s uh current u.s open stuff like that right just help hype it up 
But um, and then when the showdown rolled around, it's like, well, this is the only one. This is it. Yeah, this is all we got. This is all we got. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so then, so then the pressure was like, so the people coming on, like those episodes, the downloads were insane. And then you get Garrett yeah. to do the preview show of all people, Garrett. And of the, all people. <laughs> of all people. So the downloads was nuts. And then, uh, and yeah, in so I could see how, you know, for yourself going in there for competitions deep, you might be like, all right, man, things got escalated rather quickly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've competed against Mariana before. Um, so I have been exposed to that higher level of competition. Um, but this was actually the first meet where I was around multiple high caliber lifters. Mm. Um, so it was definitely like a big, a big moment for me. And it definitely made me kind of take a step back and have to really realize you know, this, holy shit, we're, we're in <laughs> we're this. Yeah, we're here now. I like, I remember asking Brian, my coach, uh, I was like, how did we get here? You know, <laughs> like, it's only been like two and a half years, which is a good amount of time. But it's like, how did we get here? Like, when you first start out powerlifting, you don't think, oh, I'm going to be the strongest in the world one day. Mm. like that's not your thought when you're first starting out or at least it wasn't mine and it is so bizarre to be in this position that I'm in what, what so was bizarre. the last time you competed with Mariana when was that it was it was the eight-man elite back in October 2019 and which isn't like well we're looking at basically a year right and mm, um, yeah depending on the date, like roughly we'll round around and looking at that, like how quickly things change in a year, how just walking in there, instead of just being like, well, there's Mariana who at the time had already broken the Wilkes record mm-hmm. um, and the Wilkes records bounced around a little bit, but Mariana's had her claws in it and you're in there and you're like, no expectations whatsoever. And the difference between last year to this one, it's yeah. like, it's a whole, like last time when you were, when you were there in Mariana was at the competition. Mm-hmm. I could see how you might be like, look at with all eyes on Mariana, there's not pressure. I don't feel, I just do whatever I got to do. You are exactly right. Right. Let her carry the pressure. You are exactly right. Whereas this year it was weird because um, people see Mariana and it's almost like um, we expect Mariana to do what she's going to do. But with yeah. you, it was like a like a coming out party where it's like, let's see what Hunter, the package she brings to the platform. Yeah. And, and it was, it's weird when you haven't yet brought your full of artillery to battle yet. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, let me show you some of my new weapons I've been collecting. Let did you, you. <laughs> yeah, let me show you. Did you feel, how much different, did you feel pressure leading up to, like the week leading up to when the reposts are flying and uh, even the weight cut, we're reposting, weight cutting, we're, we're, everything's getting shared and liked. 100% felt pressure. You know, I completely agree with what you said. You know, last October, I wasn't anybody yet. You know, at least I didn't see myself that way. So there was no pressure. You know, I was just going into that meet to have fun. But this one, I felt like there was definitely an expectation, you know. Mm. Hunter Henderson is coming to this meet 
and things are going to get exciting. Um, so I definitely felt like, I definitely felt like eyes were on me at this one. And, and when that's the case, did it, uh, for like for the first time and it's, it's tough because some people, we we're kind of talking about this a little bit before we start recording, but like, you know, when it's like a slow build and um, it's kind of like a, a natural progression of like you, you get bill, you get yourself stronger step-by-step. Step, so then the hype gets bigger step-by-step. Step, so then the following gets bigger step-by-step, step, never mm -hmm. overwhelming. Like I had on um, Lane Norton last summer, who's like, he was on Joe Rogan and like, I'm, like he's been doing this, but he said, so even though Joe, like Lane Norton's like pr pretty big in this fitness and, and obviously nutrition and as yeah. a power lifter, but he's been doing this social media and competing since like 2008. He was an early adapter of social media. So when I wow. told him like, my man, you were on Joe Rogan. And he's like, super crazy, cool, 100%. But he's like, it's happened step-by-step -step progression. So it wasn't overwhelming, like, holy yeah. moly. Whereas, and that happens in powerlifting. Some people like five years in and they've done like 15 competitions and they're like, okay, now we have the hype. But for yourself, um, when you don't have those steps, it all of a sudden becomes one step to the next is freaking big. And all of a sudden yeah. you pole vaulted up. <laughs> Huge. Huge. It, what did it feel like the week of? Did you ever feel a little overwhelmed? Overwhelmed? Yeah. I would say like the day of, I was a little overwhelmed mm -hmm. just because like my phone was blowing up. Like <laughs> I had so many messages, so many tags and stories like, I had to mute my Instagram because it was like getting in my head. Yeah, I was, like, I, I was like, I cannot deal with this right now. Right. I was like, I love everybody. Like all the support was awesome, but like, I can't hear this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. So. It's, all, it's almost like the expectations of them makes it harder than just your own expectations, right? Yes, absolutely agree. That was the only time that I felt somewhat overwhelmed other than that this prep i felt pretty calm and you know i had a lot of fun this prep and when you fun. when you were i remember there was like a scene um i had reposted again too when you guys are all cutting and just like that moment when you were in like a, it looked like a massive sauna and there's yeah. like there's you john hack joe sullivan freaking i don't know i can't remember like anyway Andy there's, Wang. Like, there's there's a bunch of you guys in there and it's, do you ever have a moment where you stop, look around and be like, holy smokes, this is a moment. This is like, we're here. This is a moment right now. And, we're and like, in this. Like, we're in, this is real. This is one of these moments in 10 years time. I'm going to look back and be like, wasn't that wild? Like that was real. But I, right. I wasn't even there. I'm seeing it like this is, that's fucking wild. Seeing all those guys in a sauna cutting weight together. It is like, especially where I came from. Like I came from a small ass town. Like there was maybe 200 people there and like now I'm here now I'm sitting in a sauna with all these top tier people like powerlifters it like blew my mind it was awesome let's talk about look when I reached out to you and you told me um, a bit of background on yourself I was like I had no freaking idea you gotta talk about an origin story holy moly so let's mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second so yeah when you were born, I'll let you tell it and I'll ask some questions here, but um, your childhood to say the least was a little different. 
Things started off a little, little different. Uh, yeah, it did start off a little rocky. Um, so at the age of one, I had to undergo heart surgery to get a PVA, PVA repair, sorry, PDA repair. Um, basically, I had a little hole in my heart that wasn't closing, uh, mm -hmm. so they went in and fixed that. And then at the age of four, I was diagnosed with cancer. And where, so even right before we go to the, the cancer, which is huge, um, that surgery on a one-year-old, that open heart surgery on the one-year-old, because I don't want to skate big. by this too quickly. Yeah, like that's it's big. I've, I can only imagine that the possible fatality rate on a one-year-old open heart surgery has got to be very bad because- Oh, so I'm sure it has to be. I mean, I, I know- when older people go um, to have surgeries, sometimes they're like, look, we can't open you up. Yeah. And you're one years old. It's got, that must've been insane. What your parents yeah. must've been going through. Oh, when you're, they were so scared. I'm sure they were. You almost, it was that close open heart surgery at one. Um, yeah. Do you know many details about it? Or have you heard much about it or? I don't know much about the heart surgery, honestly. Um, I would have to ask my mom or dad about that, yeah. but. I'm sure that's a story. Your dad's going to break out a bottle of scotch and be like, Oh, oh I'm sure he's going to say, Hey, this. listen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to bring up. And then, okay. Yeah. So the cancer that you had, whereabouts was this cancer? Yeah. So I had a Wilms tumor and basically it's kidney cancer. I had it around my right kidney. Um, so I did like, chemo and radiation uh and mind you i'm four years old at this mm -hmm. point i'm still very young um and then finally they took the tumor out along with my kidney uh the tumor was like wrapped around my kidney so they had to take it all um so yeah i've been living with one kidney ever since and so first off, do you, you were so young, but do you have memories of this? I have like bits and pieces. I don't have it all. I remember certain things. Like I remember the medicine or I remember like the x-rays or the CTs or certain doctors. Like I remember bits here and there, um, but I don't remember it all. That's it's, it's like, um, I, like I have absolutely, I can't remember anything at an age like that, but when something's so dramatic, you know, it's weird. It's weird how the mind works or sometimes maybe you don't, it is. the mind doesn't let you remember certain things because it was scary. Do you remember emotions yeah. you had at the time? Like, were you actually, do you remember being scared or did you, or did you not even have a concept of possibly death? What you don't even know what death is at that age or did you? No, no, I don't okay. remember that. Um, my mom w did tell me a story once. I guess uh, they had shaved my head. And so my mom took me to Walmart and she wanted to get me a hat to cover my head to like make me feel like I fit in with other people. Um, I guess what, according to her, what I did was I took the hat from her and I had thrown it on the ground. And I said, I'm not wearing this hat. I'm fine with my bald head. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I was like, "Wow, I don't remember that," but that's cool. <laughs> that is badass to say the least. Yeah, I had no 
no like ideas about death. I had no worry. You know, I just thought I got to go to the doctor. I thought it was special. I thought it was something cool. Um, yeah, I didn't and really. It, do you remember having any, um, like, I can imagine if I was a parent and a daughter was that age, just two years, three years before had open heart surgery. And we were like, and the doctor's probably going into that saying, look, at, here's the chances of survival, holding hands, doing whatever the shit, you know, I don't even care if you're religious, you're probably praying to whatever, you know, yeah. you're like, please, I'll do whatever. Yeah. You come out of that a few years later, this happens and the kids, all the hair gone, shaved head, the whole nine. Did you, do you have any recollection? Did they ever have moments where you saw like a mom or dad break down and cry in front of you when they saw you with your sh head shaved? So my mom and dad actually had a rule uh, when I was going through treatment. Uh, no one was allowed to cry in front of me. Mm. Um, my dad told me once he had taken me to a salon to get my hair cut, um, to get my head shaved, I should say. Uh, and he said that he had to walk outside so he could cry. Yeah. Um, they never cried in front of me. So I never got to see that emotion. So. I, I, I like, I'll tell you what, I, in my life, I've never seen my dad cry, but if I was a never. kid, if I was a kid, if I ever, if something was happening to me and I look and I was a little nervous, like, Oh shit. I look over. Mm -hmm. If he was crying, that would scare the shit out of me. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. why they're probably like, look at if we're scared, she's terrified. If we're yeah. strong, if we're like, it's okay. It is what it is. You're going to get your head shaved. It, like you're a, you're a kid. So you're kind of going with the flow. Mm -hmm. You guys aren't too scared, but the scariest thing in the world would be if, if your parents start breaking down, you're like, what is happening? Why are you guys? Yeah. Crying? Now I'm scared. Yeah. How absolutely. difficult would that be? Holy freaking smokes, man. Have you ever sat down with your parents and be like, hey guys, <laughs> do we have some shit to unpack? <laughs> you ever been like, do we need to talk? Do we, do we need some family counseling? What happened when I was younger? <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. And it was it was hard because I I have two older sisters and two younger brothers. Um, so my parents took turns each night going to the hospital. So, um, my other siblings, you know, suffered because they, you know, didn't get to see that parent as much or didn't get as much attention because, you know, mm. all their attention is on this kid with cancer right now. So yeah. it was definitely tough, but we made it through. And, and, um, your, your older sisters and younger brothers, are they, did they have any issues as well when they were young or all you? None. Uh, they were all healthy, beautiful babies. I was just randomly the one. And, and the irony is like, if you were just going off of um, when like a, as kids, you know what you do when you're kids, when you're like, you see a son or a daughter and you're like, look at them they're gonna grow up to be this that and the other yeah. right and you see you the daughter, the middle daughter who like almost died at one almost died at three year and they would have no idea do you know how fucking um, strong that kid's gonna be do you like yeah. physically 
physically speaking, they were like, there might be like, well, sure, mentally, emotionally, she might be very strong. No, 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 her body. Like I, I realized she seems like right now her body's breaking down. You have no idea what he's, her body's going to be capable of later yeah. on. And they would, it was like, what are those freaking stories? You know what I mean? That you've never right. known. What are those feel good, the story ain't over yet. Um, yeah. So when that ordeal was like, well, I guess with one, first off, with one kidney gone, what is it? Is there any kind of like to this day, certain things have to happen or is there any danger or is it okay? I don't, I don't know too much about it. So you honestly wouldn't know it. Um, you wouldn't know I only had one kidney just because it doesn't really affect my everyday life. You know, I do everything a normal person with two kidneys would do. Mm. Um, I do watch how much salt I take in. I do watch how much alcohol I drink, um, just things like that. You know, mm -hmm. I want this kidney to last as long as it possibly can. Um, so just taking care of that while pursuing powerlifting is my biggest goal. Um, but yeah, there's no setbacks, no limitations, nothing. Um, yeah. And because you got so many siblings, you could be like, yo, you guys come on back, right? I need another kidney down the road. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, there's man. four of you. There's four of you. Someone's got my back, right? You, I'll let you guys I choose have... between you. You guys choose between yeah. you, but somebody's got to step up to the plate. <laughs> yeah. So funny story. You have no idea how many times people have asked me, is Hunter your real name? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Yes, it absolutely is. Um, and I have to tell them every time I have a younger brother named Coyote. Oh, damn. Yeah, so cool. So it was actually a bet between my parents when, uh, when we were young and they wanted to see who could come up with a more unique name. So my mom named me and my dad named Coyote. No shit. Yeah. And yeah. it's a younger brother. Yeah. Hunter and Coyote. Hunter and Coyote. It sounds like you guys should be like arch like <laughs> nemesis or something, right? Right. You, you're you're like, you're like, I you know what? I hate to fucking say it, but I know at some point I'm gonna have to kill the kid. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. At some point, I'll do it. <laughs> at some point, we all know it's coming to this. I didn't want to go there. <laughs> He's like, what yeah. the shit? Yep. But uh, yeah, no kidding. So when you were a kid then growing up, what was your relationship like with your siblings after like, obviously you got your foot on the, your feet on the ground, your back in the swing of things? Yeah, uh, so it was good. There was definitely a little disconnect because they felt like I got a lot of the attention, um, which I did, I agree, um, from my parents. But, you know, things just kind of continued on. They we're also very young. Um, you know, my sisters are only a year older than me. Oh, okay. So they didn't really understand everything that was going on. Um, so there wasn't really a fallout or a disconnect or anything, you know, as soon as I came home, they were like, let's go climb the tree, you know, <laughs> let's do something. Let's, you know, so. 
It was good. Yeah, if, if they bring it up now, they're like, you know, you got a lot of attention when you're younger. You're like, yeah, but I also had fucking cancer. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's remember this back. Yeah. final detail to this story. <laughs> My sister's small. like, you bitch. <laughs> you're like, I did have open heart surgery and cancer. Let's, okay, and then I turned yeah. And then I turned Throw that out there. <laughs> that, was, that was the first four years of my life. So, <laughs> wow, whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in high school, were you playing sports as a kid or growing up in high I, school? I was. So I went to a very, very small high school. Um, I think I graduated with like 25 kids or so. Hi, wait, wait, wait a second. Whoa, whoa. The whole high school? The whole high school. Oh, what the shit? This is like an early so, yeah, yeah, yeah. from the yeah, 1700s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is right. Weird. Where do you live? Where Where is this again? So you might have said so, that. <laughs> the town I grew up in is called Decab, Missouri. And, and, and can we put aside, like, I'm just saying you're probably the most famous person out of this town right now. You've got to, do they have a statue of you there at the town yet? Because Maybe, should. I don't know. <laughs> you should. Wow, 25 people. So, yeah, that's, so that's an entirely different, like, how many of them were even your age then, if the whole school was 25 people? No, no, no. The class I graduated with. Oh, sorry. Got you. Yes, All right. yes. All right. Yes. Class I graduated with was 25, and that was actually one of the larger classes to go through. <laughs> um, but like, you know, we didn't have every sport you can think of. We had like softball, basketball, football, you know, the main ones. Um, there were no tryouts, you know, if you if you wanted to play basketball, you were on the floor. That's how it worked. <laughs> you go you um, go to the tryout and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? What are, are you, you kidding me? You're gonna cut you need me. Are you I got my arm twisted to show up? I don't even like baseball. Yeah, I'm being pressured to show. Yes. So I did. In high school, I did basketball, softball, track, cross country. I, my mom did not let me play football because of the one kidney. She didn't want me to like get hit too hard and Fair. Like, Fair. get okay. injured, something like that. Yeah. Um, but my sister, Ailey, she played football in high school. Oh, that, oh, that bitch, Ailey. She's so and you were you're her, much on the side. I've literally been telling her for years that she needs to power lift. I'm like, you need to get into this because you would destroy everyone. And you're you're on the sidelines watching these football games, like protect your kidneys. Because I might need yeah, them. Protect yourself. You need those. You're playing for both of us right yeah. now. Don't be greedy. So you you're sick. Because <laughs> I might need one of those bad boys later. Um seriously. Yeah. So so is she also athletic like yourself? uh not anymore she was in high school but not anymore you know so wild that like your story is more the more and more i hear it you really this is so unlikely like of all the people i can see what you mean where you're like look at when i when you tell me i never would have imagined it's making more and more sense where you never. Were, even to the point where you when you were in a small town a high school that that small in even in high school playing sports, you were somewhat coddled, like, oh, you can't play this sport. It's too rough. Like, yeah, yeah. you think I'm not going to be the one who's going to end up smashing records, all-time records. Never. In doing never. This. That would never be me. Were you lifting? When did you, how did you find weightlifting, Matt? 
So we, we kind of did a little in high school, um, but it really started like my sophomore year of college. I just randomly like decided that I wanted to like put on muscle and kind of get bigger. I couldn't tell you the reason why I decided that, but um, so I got a membership at Planet Fitness. Don't oh, judge shit. me. <laughs> Don't judge me. Hey, hey, the story, I know the story ends. Don't judge fine. me. <laughs> it's fine. We had to find our way. You got to find your We way. did. We did. We found our way. Um, so yeah, I started at Planet Fitness. I was like squatting on the Smith machine, kind of figuring it out on my own. I put on a lot of muscle though. Like I followed a kind of like a bodybuilding style of training from what I thought it was, um, but I definitely didn't eat like a bodybuilder at all. Mm. Um, and then I, so up to this point, I had no idea what powerlifting was. I didn't even know that it existed, honestly. And then I saw a video on Instagram of Stacy Burr. And she was competing at the 2017 Kern US Open. And I saw her like third attempt deadlift and immediately I was hooked. I was like, what is she doing? What is this sport? Like, I wanna be a part of this. And so I had like a mutual friend of Ryan, my coach, and J.P. Price, who uh, owns Strong Barbell Club, and kind of hooked us up, got us together, and I went there, and man, the rest was history. So you saw this, you were floating around on Instagram, and this is, um, like, before we had come on, or was it, I can't remember when we started recording this, but I was saying how in 2007, I started powerlifting in so much has changed over those years, not just mm -hmm. the sport, the sport has blown up, but social media wise, we just didn't have like Instagram wasn't around. Facebook was even somewhat newish around 2007. So yeah, it's, it's how, I mean, Instagram has helped powerlifting, not a lot of sp there are sports in the Olympics and those Olympians don't have followings that powerlifters have. Like we, yeah. Instagram and powerlifting is a beautiful marriage that like, we have utilized it and turned people into fucking Larry Wheels and Steffi Collins of the world. Yeah, we're just I absolutely agree. It's been huge. We, we been just, huge, we've know? capitalized so well. And then people like, it's so important because people like yourself, athletic, like I've, it's come almost like scouting the athletic youth when you are searching around for what I might be interested in. And then mm -hmm. we get you, powerlifting gets you because you yeah. see somebody and you're like, oh, Who's this? What, is, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> well, that sounds cool. That looks cool. But um, so, yeah, that's where like uh, the explosion of powerlifting. There's a lot of different reasons for it. But Instagram has been absolutely monstrous for it's us. It's huge. So so it's how huge. did how did you find when you found, first off, Stacey Burke? And um, and at the time, like she's also broke. She was a Wilkes queen herself. Um, yes. Top of the food chain. So you found her, seen her smash her weights and were like, I got to get involved. Did you know Had to. who to, first off, were you still at Planet Fitness when this happened? No, I had, 
<laughs> I had moved to like a commercial okay. gym, like a, you know. Because it would have been hilarious if you're like, where the fuck am I at right now? What are you, <laughs> if you looked around and you're like, oh my God, what? It's like a you- Barbell, what is that? <laughs> right, it'd be like waking up in a nightmare. You're like, holy shit. If you're a guy, you'd be like, I'm a fuck boy. Is that what you're Yeah, doing? absolutely. <laughs> What the shit is happening? I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I'm too cool to be here. But um, then, oh my gosh, whatever. whatever. Planet Fitness is what it is. Uh, but um, so you you moved to another gym, and did you know who to reach out to? Because I remember when I first found powerlifting, like you get hooked once you you're first off. A, you're stronger than you think you are once you start getting the technique down. And then yeah. once the weight starts rolling, it's like oh, you can't turn back. Like, did were you strong right off the bat once you started? In my opinion, no. Um, so I came to Strong Barbell Club. I had like my first session with Ryan. Uh, I could not do a body weight squat. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? I am 100% serious with you. He handed me a PVC pipe and said, all right, squat down. And I could not do it because oh. I, up to that point, had only squatted on a Smith machine. So I had no idea how to balance my body or, you know, anything like that. So my first session at SBC was literally just me stretching and figuring out mobility and how to stabilize. I did not touch a barbell my first oh my powerlifting session. Goodness. Did they... Did, yeah. were you, holy smokes it's, did it's not so, touch a barbell it's so uh like i love when a story like this comes around because people hear people just assume you know you would have had it easy you just walked in there started smashing weights and this is good that people see like no this, yeah it's good for people to be like look at uh listen to me i couldn't squat do like with with an empty barbell i I might have a video. I might have a video of it. Oh my God, I would, would share be, it now. I mean, seeing where I'm at now, you would be amazed to see oh, yeah. where I was at two and a half years ago. That's like, not even long ago. It's not. It's not. When you think of it that way, when you think of you had a PVC pipe, when you're like, that was a PR. It was I, a PVC yeah, pipe. It was. That's crazy. Like no. one pound PR. Waiting wow. Down. And when you showed up, when you saw Stacy Byrne, you're like, well, we'll see how long it takes me to get to this level. And then you're on a PVC pipe. You're like, it might be a little bit. It might be a little bit. My <laughs> feelings were shattered. Really? I walked in there, a big bad bitch, ready to <laughs> screw some things bitch. up. I would and love then... to wear the t-shirt that said bad bitch on it. <laughs> that, would, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, definitely had a reality check. Um, some things were put into perspective and I realized that this was gonna be, you know, I was gonna have to learn and figure things out, so. And when you left, um, you know, it's, it's funny that too, like anyone who would have been there on that day one would have had no idea what you would actually become. No. It, it honestly tells you, like, it's also another, moral of a story like humbling where 
look at the person who walks through the door and they can't do a body they're they're on a pvc pipe starting out and you might be smashing weights and doing reasonably well you have no humble yourself you have no idea that individual who's like hey guys saw somebody on instagram she's pretty cool have you heard of stacy burr and they're like rolling their eyes yeah we know Stacey. of course we know stacy and you're like <laughs> of course yeah. you do right and you're like <laughs> Oh, she seemed cool. I kind of want to be like Stacey Burr, and you're and you're on a PVC pipe, and like they would have <laughs> They're no like idea. not a chance. <laughs> they would have no idea. Go home, <laughs> right? And it's one of those deals where um, you know sometimes you see like those memes where it's like, be nice to those beginners who are fumbling their way in the gym, and they have they're brave enough to be. And when when they're like, where are you from? You're like, well, I just canceled my Planet Fitness subscription, and I'm here. And they're like, you know, just be nice to this person. Because you don't know, like they're a good person. You don't know what they could be. This was so important for me because like, you know, I have never seen an ER rack in my life. I don't know how to raise or lower this thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I walked into that gym the first day and I saw a woman in like her squat shoes, her sleeves, her belt. And I was so intimidated I thought, what the hell am I doing here? You know, I have no right to be here. Um, but people were nice. They took their time to like teach me. Um, you know, I asked questions that were probably silly, um, <laughs> but no one like made fun of me. They like embraced the chance to teach me. And that is so important. Like Ryan, my coach, he literally deserves everything because he taught me everything I know about powerlifting. Like gave me my first pair of shoes, my first sleeves, my first wrist wraps, like all of it. He gave me it all and taught me everything. He was so patient and so kind. And like that like level of kindness and nurturing that he showed me taught me to like love myself and like mm. love what I was doing and love what my body was capable of and you know you just can't you can't say thank you enough for stuff like that like I am the person and the power lifter I am today because of that I mean if you th you think about some people get an athlete who's already pretty well the goods, like they're already smashing. And it's yeah. one thing, you know, like to bring them, put another 20 kilo on their total. And I get it. You're still, you're still good, but it's a whole nother yeah. to be like, I took this person from Smith machine to world records. Like that's a whole nother level. All right. That's a lot. It says yeah, that's, a lot. Right. And it is true. Um, in life, I've been in, you know, the, the older you get, the more situations, like the more you take yourself out of your comfort zone and, and 100%, you should, we should all take ourselves out of our comfort zone because you I were brave agree. enough, because you were brave enough to be like, like I, you know, when you describe that one power lifter you saw when she had squat shoes, knee sleeves, belt, it's almost like she might as well have been dressed up like freaking Iron Man with all this gear. It doesn't seem like much, absolutely, but it's intimidating as shit. You're like, I'm out of my, I'm, I'm in over my head. And I, I remember like, I, it doesn't matter how many years pass. Everyone remembers these certain situations where I'm out of my comfort zone. I feel really, I feel silly 
asking questions, whatever. And how people react to you then is so flipping important. And I've been in situations yes. in my life where um, somebody, for whatever reason, sees it as a you're a little vulnerable and they, they'll style on you a little bit. And they're, they're, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, this person's a bit of a dick and they're making me feel silly because I'm asking silly questions. And then other people will be like, hey man, bring you over and be like, let me talk to you. And that other dude would be like, I got you looking, here's what you want to do. And they'll pull you aside yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, if anyone's listening to this, you don't sometimes realize how grateful, like you just were saying it, how grateful yes. you are when a mentor appears and it's like, I got you, relax. Look at yes. what we're going to do. It is when you feel that in over your head feeling a little anxiety and you feel it when you're like that in that moment, even if outside in the world, you're confident in your day to day. Yeah. Everybody's going to have moments where you're not confident because you are out of your comfort zone. And Completely if, you agree. See, if you see someone like that, don't be a douchebag. <laughs> be like, you know, don't, don't please be, be nice. Please be, be nice. nice. Yeah. Be nice. Just be like, you know what? It took it took something to walk into this room here. Let me help you out. I know what you mean because it, it, it that does impact you, doesn't it? Like the way you it just does. described, the way you described his name is Ryan. Yes. The way you Ryan. just described him. Uh, my name's Ryan too. I'm surprised I fucking forgot his name. Yes. Right? yes <laughs> that's, that's downright silly. Of all the names, I can't remember. That's how bad my memory is for names. But um, but yeah, of all like it it shows just like you remember. For me, I had a guy too, Alex Droltz. And a couple dudes on the powerlifting team, it, this is typical dudes. When a new dude shows up and there's a bunch of dudes who've been there and a new guy shows up, you're going to get your chops busted and you feel vulnerable. Is what it is to an extent. You're like, ah, fuck me. <laughs> you gotta, like, it's like you got to expect that. A li- you do. A little bit. You got to expect to get your shit handled a little bit. Right. You um, bunch of good. I like your expression. You're going to get your shit handled today. Yeah. You got to expect it. You know, some guy that's been powerlifting for 15 years now, if you're doing something dumb, he's going to say, hey, you're doing something dumb. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it is like that sometimes. And you, you grow and you learn and sometimes you figure out the hard way and that's fine. You learn either way. Your, your story somewhat reminds me of um, when I'm a boxing guy. So I love boxing and MMA. So when Rocky Margiano um, first started boxing, he showed up late. He was in his twenties and he showed up mm-hmm. in the gym where most of these guys in his neighborhood, like in the fifties, there was a boxing. It's not like today. There was a boxing gym on every single corner there was like five times more registered boxers. So if you can imagine people wow. started as children, like people started at like 10 years old, whatever, right? So when you show wow. up in your twenties, you are so far behind the eight ball. If you're like 20 something, they're like, I, this is a joke. I can't use you. And he would show yeah. up and in his twenties and he would swing. They try to get him to throw punches. Okay. On the heavy pad, throw him in the ring to spar. He'd swing, miss and fall over because he just didn't have the balance. He was so uncoordinated. And it could have been like, this guy's going nowhere, (laughs) right? It could have been that. He ends up being undefeated, the only undefeated heavyweight champion we've ever had. But it just goes to show like, that's like you, where you you were so uncoordinated, you would fall, you didn't have the balance, but was there. Like it's willing. And you're, you're, you're already like at a certain age, you're like, man, this is, shouldn't we be past this? But it's like, Right. Yeah. Wait, hang on a minute. You never know. Hang on a minute. 
Hang on right. a minute. The story's not over. You were like, you were like, bitch, you know how I started this life. I'm a late bloomer. Right? Late bloomer. <laughs> You're like, do you know what I've come through? I'm a late bloomer. You don't know me. Yeah. So I had I had come to SBC and by that point I had already signed up for my first meet. Like oh, I just shit. threw myself into this. Before you like, started training for it? Yeah. When you're on the PVC pipe, oh my yeah. God, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, you I was like, it? hey, by the way, uh, meets in 14 weeks, so we should uh You're like, you're like, you're like, guys, don't panic, but I'm already don't signed panic. up. You're like, don't panic. Then you're like, you're like, quick question, might be dumb. Do they have PVC pipes at these things? <laughs> 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 yeah, I completely just threw myself into this completely out of my comfort zone. Oh. Uh, and so I started training and my first meet was here in Kansas City. I think I squatted 352. Holy moly. Yeah. Uh, benched 192 and deadlifted 374, somewhere in that. Holy smokes. Yeah. So you covered a lot of ground. Yeah, quickly. so cool. So cool. And at that time, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed about my first meet. Like I was like super emotional. Like I had no, I had no like mental strength about that. So like anytime I like failed a rep, I would cry. And, and, well, you know uh, what? well, I like, I literally, I like cried like five times during this meet. I'm not even. Oh, kidding. did you really? I'm literally not kidding. It was, how, how it was you, embarrassing. How did, how did you, I love that you can tell the story and laugh about it now, but how did, how did you like pull yourself back to, cause you got to go back out there. It's yeah. Like, I mean, you still got two more lifts to go. Let's go. Right. Um, I don't know. I just kind of did it. I, so I, my first meet, I got all three of my squats. I did miss my third bench. And I remember I just started crying for no reason, like stupid. Um, and then I missed, I tried to do a 402 deadlift for my third uh, and I missed that as well. And I just bawled like a baby. Um, it's just super stupid. Why do you like, think it was though? Like, do you think like, uh, do you think it was like, did, was it that you let yourself down? You let your coach down? You just the pressure or like, what do you think it was? I think I just had like this expectation of myself. And like, I already thought, oh yeah, 402 deadlift, gonna get this. Mm. And like the reality to my expectation was not the same. And I think that just made me really upset. Um, but I totaled like, 9.50 my first meet um but at the time like I didn't realize hey that's kind of good <laughs> that's okay for we your first meet too, with yeah. this <laughs> I didn't realize that at the time uh so then I think after that I took like a year off season like all of my meets have been weirdly spaced out like they've all been like a year apart almost or like close to it's been weird is that because is that due to um at least early goings 
because yes. you, you compete and you're like, I need to improve. Not like yes. I need time. I got to go back to the drawing board. Yes. And like Ryan has always told me, like, what good is competing five weeks after you just competed? Like you're going to put a pound on your deadlift or something, mm-hmm. you know, like what good are you doing? Mm-hmm. Especially for your body, you know, you're beating your body to shit and like to just go back and compete back to back like that. Like there's no value in mm-hmm. that. And I'm not saying you can't do it. I completely, you know, do whatever you want to do, whatever. Um, but I think maybe one to two competitions a year is like perfect. Like don't need more than that. The only reason why I would think someone, and, and obviously th- this wasn't the case for yourself because you didn't need it, but um, is if someone had issues with commands or something where like, all right, in working out the, like the processes of in terms of weight cutting, get that in order. The more you weight yeah. cut, the more you're on point with it. The more you yeah. go through the commands, go through the process, the more, and, and the anxiety is lessened as well, the more you do something. However, um, you're right in that the flip side, you're going max load. So the more often you're max loading, like every peak, you're peaking through like max loads for the peak and then you're maxing out on platform. So yeah, like you could, you're more likely to get hurt as well. So it's, you are. it's, it's the 50, 50 and obviously for yourself yet yeah, you got your, I mean, you, you made weight, you're, you're hitting your, like, so it all worked out as well that ends well. Yeah. So my, my cut for the showdown was super easy. You know, I, uh, I follow a weight cut from Stan efforting, um, so it was super easy, you know. I had no problems cutting the weight. I went in Thursday night before weigh-ins, and I was like six pounds over. Um, cut the weight, no problem in the sauna. Everything was fine. Um, but my refeed for the showdown uh, was not. It was not good. Um, <laughs> It was not. What happened? That's so that like, should be the easy fun part. I know. And that the refeed, in my opinion, uh, is the most important part. You know, if you don't get all the weight off, it's fine. Just compete at the 181s. Mm-hmm. I would have been fine competing at the 181s. Uh, but my refeed, I only, so I cut 20 pounds. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. I didn't realize so when you said six, but that was at the end. So 20. How does it feel? 20 pounds. <laughs> 20 pounds of liquid? Like, like, is it 20 pounds of liquid out of your body? No. Okay. Uh, okay. So I start cutting weight um, at, as soon as I go into prep. So okay, at about okay. 12 to 14 weeks out, I start um, dialing my diet in. You know, no treats, no sweets, no nothing. Um, but that honestly only gets me about five pounds. Uh, so then after that, it's the water cut. Um, but I usually only have to sauna uh, maybe six to seven pounds the night before. Uh, so I made weight fine. I went from 184 to 164 for the showdown. Totally fine. 
no problems. Um, but the refeed, I only gained 11 pounds back. Um, well, you were quite a bit smaller human being. Yeah, so I weighed 176 the morning of competition, uh, which is which was a little uh, alarming to me. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I think that I ate meals during my refeed that were too big, and it kind of bogged me down all day. Mm. Um, you know, you live and you learn, as I say. <laughs> uh, you know, I think fourth competition. Ah, it is, and so like my first meal of the refeed was two cups of rice, and I don't even eat two cups of rice now. Oh, I don't you even don't? Eat. What would be yeah. the calories right now? Yeah. So like on a training day, I think I get. 2,500, 20, no, I think you get 2,700 on a training day. And then non-training days, I think I get like 21, somewhere that's in there. It's not a lot. It's but, not. Yeah, I would have thought it's it was not. Be. Yeah, so I, I ate that big meal, like my first meal after cutting all this weight, and it just bogged me down so bad. And that, I knew how I had made a mistake there. Um, so it was really hard to like eat and drink and do everything the rest of that day. So mm. sadly only gained 11 pounds back. Um, but I, uh, I don't think that it affected my performance that much. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that it kind of got, by the time we got to deadlifts, I was uh, pretty fatigued, pretty mm. run down. Um, but other than that, I think I was fine. Do you, were you on the day of, like, I know for myself, the night before, I'm not sleeping. Like, I can a little, but it's tough. Can you sleep? It's so hard. Um, yeah. I think I can maybe get five hours, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's just... It is. It's so hard. Like your adrenaline's rushing. You're like, you can't stop thinking about it. You know, I know <laughs> I go to sleep and I dream about it. And I'm like, Holy yeah. shit, this is you're like, head. so ready. You're like, so ready to like, get up and go. It's you almost are like, when, when it started going and the battles on, does right? the anxiety, <laughs> does, does it, does the anxiety leave and you're just in the zone and, and it's, and it is what it is. Or are yeah. you, like it, in terms of how you felt day day one when competing in your first competition, when if you mm -hmm. missed a lift, you're like, oh my God, it felt world ending if you miss a lift. On the showdown, ironically, so many people are watching it. It's going to get shared all over. Um, it's talked about what is now the impression you have when you're on the platform if you miss a lift, et cetera. Uh, so I, for the showdown, I missed my third squat and my third deadlift. And, uh, you know, I did walk away from this meet pretty disappointed in my performance, but, you know, missing my third squat was not 
world ending. Mm. You know, I was fine. I was okay. You know, I think with time, with time in this sport, I have developed like that mental and emotional toughness uh, and ability to respond to things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just knew that it was okay. Because it wasn't, it's, it's weird that you said you were disappointed when everyone else was blown away, right? Dude, all right. <laughs> so this is literally the weirdest feeling. So, you know, everyone is like tagging me in stories and like different things like that. And they're like, oh, such an amazing job. But I have to say, like, I walked away from the showdown disappointed. Whoa. Myself. Uh, you know, it was hard for me to see the good. You know, I had, I know that I broke a world record and that is fantastic. That is great. That is so awesome. Uh, but I know I can squat more. Hmm. And I know that, so when, for my third attempt squat, I went up to 562. And when I unracked the bar, uh, my entire body was like, it just felt like I was on a wave. Mm. Like I was totally unbalanced, totally not steady. Like I should have re-racked it. Yes. Uh, But I thought that when I settled, I would be okay. But I was not okay. Uh, I went down and just could not get back up. I had no tightness, nothing at all. Um, but I, you know, that's, that's someone who's only had four competitions. You know, I have never squatted in a competition out of a mono before. This was my first time and that's no excuse, uh, I'm just trying to say that this is me learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I am learning. Yes, I should have racked that and tried again. Um, I'm not upset with myself. I'm happy that I learned, you know, hey, if it feels like this, try again. And it's okay to try again. Uh, I just thought, you know, I had already picked this weight. And, you know, I had a shitty pick and I thought I was stuck with it. But in reality, I was not. I could have racked it. I could have tried again. Um, I also think that maybe, you know, my second attempt was 534. Maybe if I had done my second attempt at like 552, I probably, that probably would have been pretty safe for me. Um, But, you know, you never know those things. Um, And then my second attempt deadlift, uh, third attempt deadlift, sorry. um, I tried to tie the 165 record, which is 578. but it just slipped out of my hand, which was incredibly disappointing. Um, so 
I hit my second attempt at 556, no problem. Um, it was super smooth. I was pretty excited. I knew 570 would be there. Um, and then when I pulled it, it just like completely slipped out of my right hand. And I was so incredibly disappointed with myself. It was, it was pretty sad. Is it, you, you know, it, it's kind of the, it's the gift and the curse though, with, when it comes to athletes, like it, what's that saying? If you show me a good loser, I'll show you somebody who's, who's never going to achieve greatness or something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, and, and the thing is you didn't even lose, but in powerlifting, the old adage, it's you against you kind of like, cause you're obviously a breaking world records, but when it is you versus you, you, you take it almost like a loss when it's the third and it's yours, you pick the weight and you're like, this is yeah. mine now. So if you don't get it, even though like everyone's like, like, look at, I remember posting saying some people live up to the hype, some people don't. And Hunter Henderson just lived up to the hype. And um, because that's, because everyone else is like, holy shit, right? And, um, but I get it where you might be like, look at, like, I know, you know, as a whole, I had a good performance, but it, it's more when you look back with some, like, for instance, the last squat, I know you mean where if you're like that, I, if I only would have, you know, that's the thing right. that bothers you where you're like, where you're like, shit. And you have, you do have a minute, like uh, for anyone listening, like you can re-rack, take it out again. That minute is yours. You you can't, the bar can't start descending and then go back up. Um, so you can't, you can't start squatting and be like, no, wait, hold the fuck up, come back up. Shake it. Come Hold back on, down. let me try again. <laughs> you're like, one more second, fellas. Wait a second. <laughs> I need to go. The spotters come. You're like, and spot you. You're like, I got a minute, so get ready. You're going to earn your slice of pizza here. <laughs> you're going to earn your, your slice of pizza. We're going again, baby. No, but um, uh, yeah, you can re-rack. But in, in, in terms of the mono, can you re-rack? What do you do? To, do you tell them, put the mono? Because re-racking the mono is a little different. It is. Uh, and honestly, I don't have much experience. Uh, I only recently started. I guess you just tell them, hey, rack, and they'll break it in for you. I don't know. Um, and it'd be weird yeah. because they might, you know, look, just to take, like, I'm not trying to make excuses for you, but honestly, like, for real, if you, if you had told them, no, no, I'm racking it, they might have took it as, you didn't want the lift and they might, the, every, the scorecard might've been like three reds and they might've been, you know, like, uh, cause the mono it's weird. I know the intuition of if the racks in front of me, if I walk out and like, ah, frick, it's not in my back the way, let me whoop, go back in the rack, get it in my back properly, walk it back out. It feels, it's a whole lot more inviting the squat racks right there. Nobody's like, you don't have to, I, I think it, what it is is with the mono, you have to tell somebody I'm coming back in, bring the, bring the mono racks, forward yeah. again i'm it feels unintuitive and it actually feels like you're telling them i'm giving up i don't want this and they might actually take it that way and um yeah you know just to, like let you off the hook a little bit here i don't know how i would have handled it i also might have and i've been doing this a hot minute might have been like you know what like you said maybe the weight will settle maybe it'll settle where i want it it's not where i want it maybe it will and it it, like, it doesn't <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert it yeah. usually like sometimes does but not if it's on the wrong placement, it's really hard to move around if you're like, what is. is going on here? But, um, it is. you know, I, I like 
picked the first two attempts and I honestly did not feel any weight. Like I squatted and it was felt like air, you know? And then, but when I picked that 562, it felt heavy. Hmm. Like I picked that up and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Here we go. I was like, oh man. And my whole body was just like waving in the wind. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And then I finally settled and I tried to go for it, but it was not there. Isn't that the worst word? I know when you when you when it's flying for you and you're unracking weight and you're like, oh, I'm gonna dummy this. This is yeah, this is dummy easy. Oh, you unracking, you're like, this is going oh for shit. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> but then there's the other one where so it's flying, and, and I've been in the gym where it's just you unrack the weight and it feels like nothing. You're like, oh, I'm going to kill this. I'm so confident. You don't even feel it. Right. You don't you're, even feel 500 pounds shocked. on your back. You're honestly shocked. You're like, this, this is, wow, I'm going to really rock and roll here. And then also, yeah, I've been there where you unrack and you're like, whoo. Right. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're like, this is going to be a miracle. You're like, is there a fucking window open? Because I feel a draft. Yeah. I'm shaking like a tree here. I'm shaking like a get, tree. Someone want to close that front door. What's going on here? Wow. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is actually, it's your fourth. So after missing it, coming back, rebounding, hitting three benches in, and then getting your next two deadlifts, you're probably mentally back on point. You're like, like it, it's the, there is as an athlete maturity and growth right there from yeah. like just three meets before, which was three years before, but still in terms of co competitiveness, it's yeah. got to feel good. Yeah, I've definitely learned to handle the failure with, you know, positivity. You know, I learned something from this. Right. You know, I learned what not to do. I learned how to be better in the future. So I think that definitely contributed to my emotional, like, I'm not going to cry after every lift because I failed. Mm -hmm. Stupid. It'd be different to, like, it's one thing at a, a local meet but when there's like people like you have all the best that like marietta did bell john yeah. hack you're like i'm not crying in front of john hack i don't give a shit john hack cry in front of john hack what the heck <laughs> that's that's like a, a just it's just empowered nobody's gonna cry in front of john hack today no one's gonna fry and cry in front of damn bell man they're not gonna they're not no gonna no no because if you're a wolf you have to compete with wolves and wolves. I think I said that right. Yeah, no, you, you uh, got it. And yeah, you just, you can't let that stuff get to you. Like at a certain point, you just learn like this mental and emotional toughness that goes with your physical strength at that level. And, you know. This is, here it is. Look it, here, here's a tagline for you. This is what you tell the girls. You're like, look it, I see you. You're all wolves. I recognize that. I respect that. I'm a hunter. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> now that's either amazing or really cheesy, and you should never use it. I don't. I don't know. It could go I either side. <laughs> you know what? It's you're probably we're towing that line. We're towing that fucking line. It's gonna be. Oh, delivery. that's awesome. <laughs> How did it feel um, when you're down there? Like it looks. A lot of times when you're seeing this on Instagram, it looks cool as shit to like, everyone's out for sushi. 
after they made weight. And uh, people are in the street just talking like you see Dan Bat, Luke Nall shooting the shit. Like people you know from Instagram all together. And you're like, oh, it's it's almost surreal when you see everybody out and about and in the warm-up room. How did it feel like the vibe of it being like, oh my God, here we are. It it was it was really cool, you know, seeing everybody together and hanging out, you know. Um, I think we took a picture together. Uh, Kimmy Johnson and I took a picture together, and Dan Bell was like standing in the background showing his nipple. Like, <laughs> what the hell is happening? <laughs> How did yeah. we get here? You know, uh, it is it is surreal. You know, you you definitely have to take those chances to like stop and realize how far you've come uh and I definitely have done that a couple times uh and like just to be proud of like the progress that has been made it's just it's unreal well from a PVC pipe how what do your parents think about when you call home like do they fool do they even understand do they do they get it so at first they were like, what the hell are you doing, Hunter? Um, my dad has always been about it. Like, as soon as I started putting muscle on, my dad was like, hell yes, let's do it. <laughs> always a supporter. Uh, my parents actually were able to come to the showdown because it was in Kansas City. Because um, they live maybe about an hour away. Uh, so they were able to be there. And it's just, it's so cool having them to support you and like, um, just be there and like, uh, sorry, I'm struggling with what I want to say here. Hey, look, at uh, this is those weird, <laughs> when it comes to like expressing shit like that, that's the hardest. It's easier to talk it about what than it is to be like seeing your parents Look, if you actually, if you actually for real put this in perspective and the older I get, the easier it is for me to do stuff like this. When you're younger, your parents are just like their parents and you don't see them as like humans and people like yourself, like your friends, right? They're just like these beings that are like overlords, almost whatever, right? What the older you get, the more you see your parents as just people like us dealing with their own shit. And you start realizing things like what it must've been like when your dad, when you went into surgery at one years old, what your mom and dad must have been like, like yeah. what they must have felt. And then when chemo, when they get the news, like when the doctor comes in and tells them yeah. she's got cancer and what they must have, it must have happened to them, must have been like, you know, I've talked to parents, I've done like a fundraisers and it's fucking insane. So, and you yeah. don't, might not even like, even through high school, whenever, you don't even fully appreciate what your parents do for you to an extent, right? Until you're an adult. No, you don't. And then when you're, the older you get, the more you realize. And um, and I think when people, your friends of yours want to start having kids and they say, when you have kids, you really start realizing. So when you start realizing that, where you're from, they're not used to this period, even if you were just had a normal upbringing, but then all of everything they've been through with you, to see you on the platform doing what you're doing and then afterwards meeting them and them being like, who's that? Oh, that's Dan Bell. He's the strongest man in the world. Uh, who's that? Right. Oh, that's right. Like, like, and they see their daughter up there and like, oh yeah, I broke world records, whatever. 
like, I know you mean where it's like, I'm asking you to put into words how, how do you think that felt? And it's like, well, it's yeah. difficult to find the words, but it is. It is. It'd be tough to explain. So like, um, I don't know if you saw the Iron Rebel video that they uh, yeah. made for me. That's a phenomenal video, by the way. Right? Oh, <laughs> so good. I literally bawled like a baby. Um, so there's a shot where I'm breaking the world record and my dad and my mom are in the shot. Was that them? Okay, listen, I didn't know that was your parents, but you started- That was my mom and dad. Oh, (laughs) shit. Okay, listen, whoever's listening to Uh, this, I'll I'll post that piece. Uh, Holy moly, Hunter, with everything you've told me about your life, and then they watch you break a world record. Break a world record. You, the, when you clasp your hands and started crying and your mom, dad, cause the camera was so beautifully shot through them in between yep. them on you. And you see their silhouettes. Yep. It looked like almost like it was a fucking movie and they set it up though. Right? right. It, was so <laughs> it was, holy shit though. I didn't even realize how good of a job they did until I found out the Yes, it was, it was beyond perfect. You know, I went up to see my mom and dad after uh, in between squat and bench and my dad just kind of put his forehead to mine and he was like, you are so incredible. Oh, shit. And I just, oh man, I just- Did you cry? You had you to- know, yeah, How could you not cry? <laughs> yeah, you know, You'd be dead inside you. if you didn't. <laughs> you know, I just- uh, that's where you did. That's where you're like, Dad. What are you doing to me? Wait till we get in the hotel room. What are you doing <laughs> to me? <laughs> John Hack's here. Dad, what are you doing? Not for the John. Didn't cry in front of John Hack, Dad. Come on. <laughs> wow, man. What a yeah. It was just. It was incredible to have them there. You know, I had a sister and a brother that came as well, so they got to see it. Um, it was just. It was very special. Yeah. No kidding. Very special. It, was your sister like? Still fucking at it, huh? Mom and dad <laughs> here crying on your show. Still got to do it. Still you, huh? Still got All it. Right. Still got it, huh? All right. What do I got to do? Say kids have a burning building. What do I got to do now? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. I'm not topping that. Jesus. <laughs> right? Shit. What do your siblings for real think, though? Uh, they think it's cool. They think it's... Uh, they don't... I don't think they quite understand everything. Um but they think are, it's super cool. They are very supportive. They're like, are they not? Are they weightlifting? Are they, so they don't weightlift then? Are they not like into? Uh, no, I oh. am the only person in my family actually that is into weightlifting. Holy smokes! Yeah. So my mom, she is in the Air Force. She has been in twenty-eight years, maybe. Uh, and she is the fitness manager. So she does like the PT tests and things like that. So I grew up doing PT tests for fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I would go to work with her on the weekends and we would do PT tests for fun. Um, So that's kind of where I got my, like my physical, like, you know, working out background, like I learned how to train her from her. And like, she can, my mom is 46, 47, somewhere in there. 
<laughs> I should know that. I'm sorry. But, but um, she might know what you're saying it on this but You should see this woman do a push-up. Like it is amazing. Perfect form. Oh my god, so perfect. <laughs> nice. I'm so impressed. So your siblings. Uh, so you're the only one with weightlifts. It's so I guess they, it's kind of weird that they wouldn't know how to take it and they don't fully have, well, they must be able to grasp it now. Like when they go online and they see like, you're getting shared all over the place, yeah. you know, you're, how are they reacting to that? It'd be so bizarre yeah. for me. If I, if, I didn't, wasn't, if, 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 if a sibling took up a sport, I had no idea what it's about. And it's not one of the major sports in terms of like hockey, football, whatever. And they just took it. And then so quickly out of nowhere, like a year later, my sister's like, oh, by the way, I'm kind of like, I'm like big on I'm, Instagram. Like, you know, like I broke deal. records. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck happened last year? Who are you? <laughs> You're right. In a year? Because what, what happened? You're like, well, dad, well, I just, I just want to tell you, dad told me I'm incredible. I don't know. He cried. Dad told me I'm incredible. It is what it is. I, I know you don't know who John Hack is, but it was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother's like, I don't know who fuck John Hack is, but the guy's making me feel a ways above myself. <laughs> but um, that's no, funny. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel. If, like, so your siblings, what do they say? Do they, like, what do your friends say? They, uh, they think it's cool. You know, they, they, I don't think they quite understand everything, but they're like, they're almost in like disbelief. Like, <laughs> I bet. there's no way you squatted 500 pounds. Like, there's absolutely no way. And I'm like, actually, yeah. That's a thing. It's pretty common. Um, so it's kind of cool, like seeing their reactions and kind of telling them how it's going. Uh, there's like my sister and one of my sisters and one of my brothers, they're like so supportive and always there. You know, they like my family were, was able to come to my first meet and then this meet that I just had the showdown. Uh, so I've definitely obviously made a lot of progress since then. So it's cool for them to see. They were at the meet when you kept crying? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> were your siblings like, is this fun? What's They're happening? Like, what are you having a good time? What they, they, don't know okay? they, don't, they don't know if you're enjoying yourself or they're like, do we bring this up next week? Or do, do we, we just pretend to, like, never take you home? Right. Your brother's like, I'll bring the car around if this continues. <laughs> we will get you out of here. Right. It'd be wow. But they they might have, you know, they probably when they seen that probably had no flipping idea this would be like you'd fall in love with it and you're like i'm gonna take this to the next level i love that experience and they'd be like yeah. what yeah you it's it is a bizarre thing to like almost it's almost like a love hate man it's weird it isn't is it? it is it's a metaphor it for life hunter uh and i've definitely had to like make some sacrifices as far as uh spending time with them you know they are only an hour away so it's not that far of a drive but like i train saturday sunday so it's hard for me to kind of put training on the back burner and put them first mm. uh in prep um i definitely am a little selfish during prep you know um, 
but definitely during the off season, I make time to go home and make sure I see them and make sure, you know, I'm spending quality time with them. And, and like, you almost have to be though. You can't be yeah. at your level and not be, you have to be, in. sadly. What are, what are some of the future things you want to do now? Now that you had, and it's been up and up and up for you. And now that you've hit the showdown and the showdown was so big and it was literally the biggest meet of the year because we didn't mm-hmm. have, you know, every other competitive meet that was that big is gone. What are you thinking now? Because it's kind of like you want this to keep going, right? Um, I'm really sorry, but I have to pee. Okay, no, you go do that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I see you getting up. I'm like, are we going into your car? All <laughs> are we going to go for All the right. drive home? All we'll take I'm a minute. Right back. You do your thing. You do your. All right, thing. hold on. Sorry. No worries. All right, we are back. You know what? You Hi. know what? This is actually. I'm doing really good for not peeing yet. Usually, <laughs> um, I drink water like a mofo. I am a well hydrated young man, so <laughs> sometimes during needs too. But um, what were we saying? I forget what were we just saying there. Uh, something about family, I think. Something about family. You know, it's it's probably going to drive listeners crazy because they were listening to it. But, it is. They're be like, <laughs> oh, Come no, on, looking guys. at the future. Looking at the future, though. Um, uh, because obviously, you know, it's been a quick run here, and the showdown was such a big pivotal meet, especially in the calendar year, with no other big competitions around. Um, so all eyes were on the showdown. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like. And I don't want to say anti-climatic because some there could be some big competitions to come. But where do you see yourself going from here? Like, what in terms of both numbers you want to hunt down, um, competitions you want? What do you What do you think? Uh, so from the plan from here, uh, I have registered for the twenty twenty one Kern. Um, so I will be competing in wraps there. I'm super excited for that. Um, I will get the chance to actually compete against some pretty big 75 kilo women. You know, Christy Hawkins is registered, Brianni Terry, um, Ashley Garcia, Nicole Dunlap. Like there's some big names, um, some really good powerlifters registered for this. I'm super excited. Um, And then as far as the rest of 2021, I will uh, leave that a surprise. (laughs) There was was so much (laughs) facial expressions. So much. Your face was dancing almost. This was, I kind of, what are we talking Uh, about? It's like. <laughs> there's got to be something. Something's well, there's co- got to be some. I have some ideas. No, uh, like solid plans yet, but uh, I can say I'm pretty excited. Sounds good. Sounds good. And um, yeah. and just like obviously the showdown is going to be great experience for you walking into the current. Have you done yeah. rap? Like, do you, are you comfortable in raps? Do you prefer uh, leaves or raps? So. Uh, up to this point, I've only ever competed in wraps. Mm. Um, but the 2020 Kern, when it was originally set for April, I did start prepping for that. Um, so I have gotten to train in wraps. Um, 
I will say initially starting out, rats were not comfortable at all. <laughs> oh my God. It was, man, I will send you some videos of me in when I was first in rats. It was, it was scary. Um, <laughs> like Ryan and I sat down and had a talk and we were like, okay, maybe we need to do the open and sleeps because it was that bad. Wow. I just like could not trust the wraps at all. Um, and I got so frustrated one day. I like came in the day after and I was like, all right, we're going to put weight on the bar that I know I can do in sleeves, but we're going to do it in wraps. You know, all ego was out the window. I didn't hmm. care. You know, I, so I put like 440 on the bar, something easily done in sleeves for me. Uh, and I did it in wraps light wrap, you know, nothing too tight, not like level 10, you know, can't even bend my leg. But um, I just took that time to like get comfortable and like figure it out. And I, it like completely changed how I squatted in wraps because like after that, um, my progress was through the roof. Um, I think I did while I was prepping my tops, like my PR in wraps, I guess you could say, um, I think I had squatted like 606. Holy shit, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm like super excited for the 2021 current because uh, I've like learned a lot as far as like bracing and picking the weight and like, things like that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how the 2021 Kern prep goes. I'm pretty excited for that. And, um, you know, when you're, when you have that wrap issue and that's, that's common, like when people have wrapped, it's, it's almost like, you know, when you said you didn't trust it, it is like when you do that trust exercise where you have somebody catch you and you close your eyes and fall backwards or whatever, it's, it's hard to describe, but it is like, I, I've mucked around with wraps like very little, never competed in them, but just to see what it felt like. And it's mm -hmm. freaking weird. I, I like how I describe how I didn't trust them because it actually feels like, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You're lowering in the wrap and you're like, I just, this doesn't, I don't think this is a good idea. You just want to, it's weird. However, yeah. the, fact, the fact that you could be like, look it, I went from a fucking PVC pipe to, to right? Like, we, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> We're gonna figure this out. We're good. Yeah. Strip the weight. Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. So like initially in wraps, I was just like super like it looked like I was having a seizure. Like I was <laughs> super shaky. And like one time I even like fell off balance with the weight on oh, my back. No. Super scary. It was not okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we came in for like that second day. And I was like, you know what? Strip the bar. We're going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And we did. And it's been so awesome since. It's um, some people are like dead set against them. Some people love, like you got a guy like Yuri Belkin yeah. who loves them. You got a guy like John Hack who, you know, he tried it and um, he's like, yeah. I, 
he got injured and he's like, I just can't do it. I can't go back no. in it. So if you have the ability to go in and out of wraps, it opens up options for you, like the US. It does. It absolutely does. Which is nice. I mean, you actually you can go uh showdown as well as uh, and you know um the showdown's gonna run again. I don't know yes. if you're thinking about going back or you're you're undecided. Who Maybe. knows? Okay, okay. Maybe. <laughs> We'll, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. You know what? I mean, it just ended. Fair enough. It, uh, uh, we know a lot can happen in the year. Yeah. To say the freaking least. And how is how is social media and everything changed for you since the showdown and everything that's been going on? Um, I think I went from like ten thousand followers to like five thousand, fifteen thousand, or something so like that. You got that. five thousand followers that quickly, <laughs> just bang overnight. So many. Um, and people are like. My message request box is a scary place to be. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it you is get a all scary types place of, to be. You get like it's just it runs the whole. <laughs> oh my god! Facial expression. So amazed. I am like, who raised you people? <laughs> really? Is it some weirdos out there? Wow! 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 It's uh, it's yeah, it's freaking. It's a why. <laughs> Social media is a lot. It is. It is so weird. Like the things that people have the guts to say on social media, I am so impressed. (laughs) Oh my God. And okay, can we just talk about while we're on this social media, commenting, whatever, saying whatever? Yeah. The amount of people that have commented on me urinating during a deadlift it happens all the time though in powerlifting it's unreal yeah right are you when people comment on it um like now some people will say like are you new to powerlifting because this happens all the time this is not i don't right? even lie. um the amount of competitions i've seen at this point i have never in my life been to a competition and not seen one like it's it's so normal yeah. so when people it say is. when people say something it outs them as being new and a casual. It's like, you're not even yeah. a powerlifter then, are you? You're not even a powerlifter yeah. fan. If this is you new obviously you. have not seen a competition right. or seen a woman train heavyweight right. because that is, it's so common. It really is. It happens all the time. Uh, regardless if urinating under heavy load is normal or not, it is very common. Uh, so when people are like, that's fucking gross or like just all this other crap that they say i'm like all right you yeah. obviously, you're obviously new here yeah <laughs> well, you're new here. yeah yeah stick around you're gonna this will be stick nothing around you're gonna see a whole lot of fun right this is nothing um yeah and it's uh it's funny some people are like i have a link that i could send you there are exercises you could do oh and my it's God. like my man this is not, you know, this is, if it was that easy, this it's, it's been going on forever and it's not going to yes. stop. Like it's not, this isn't new. If there was a fix for it, we would all know it by now. It just is what it right? is. It just is what it is. Right? Like people will send me like, Hey, you should try this. And it's like, okay, I don't know you, but thanks. 
like you, you go all right you're like you're like could we not talk about my fucking urine and like right like you could you could tighten no don't finish the fucking sentence i don't want to know what i'm tightening just fuck <laughs> off i don't i'm not you're not my doctor this is too yeah, much of a who are you <laughs> this is unless you're a guy unless you're a gynecologist who are you sliding in my dms like this yeah. you weirdo and how are you an expert please tell right. me right right um but be, even beyond that, though, because there's, I get, like, when I put out there, who should I have on the podcast? I got a shitload of people saying, you got to have Hunter Ron. And a lot of young really? women were like, yes. Yes, Hunter. Uh, really? Yes. I am, I am very surprised by that because I am not, I have to say, I am not a very, like, outgoing person on social media. I mainly just post, you know, my training and that's kind of it. Uh, so I'm very surprised that people kind of requested that. You know, in, in, in like conversations like this, I know this is the first podcast. I guarantee you this won't be the last podcast. Yeah. Um, and if people hear this podcast who have their own and everybody's got their own podcast these days, they'll hear you and be like, we got to get Hunter on. Like, because you you could joke around and like tell you got a, a phenomenal story. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like you, you're, you're easy going and easy to talk to, right? Not everybody's yeah. like that. Um, so- it makes you relatable in the fact that your story, because you came up like your childhood, first off, it's a phenomenal story, underdog story. And then um, when you started lifting and you're on the PVC pipe and you're like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm not going to quit. I'm scared shitless, but I'm going to do this. Like, yeah, it's far more relatable. And then, you know, the, the whole life, even with just happened at the showdown with your parents there, whatever, um, people are going to get inspired. And before the showdown happened, and I put, who should we have on the show? Tons of people. And a lot of women were like, and people were like, I, like there were girls who were like, I'm in love with Hunter. Anderson. Oh I'm telling you, it's, um, I don't, I don't want to put pressure on you or weird you out because I know it's probably <laughs> weird to hear, but uh, yeah, like people were like, oh my God, you got to have her on. I want to hear her story. I want to know what's up. And then um, Sometimes your heroes live up. Sometimes your heroes don't. I think they're going to hear this and be like, fuck me. I'm glad I she came on. <laughs> so like, you know, yeah, it's good. It's good to, it's the more you do this too, the more you open up. It's the same deal as when you walked in that gym where you're going to be yeah. nervous when you first do it. Hey, I never did a podcast before. A little nervous. But then when you, the ball starts rolling and you're like, just like when you walked in the gym, it's the same deal. And you, you get, you warm up and all of a sudden you're rolling. And then you're like, people appreciate and um so many people listen to these and they love to hear like about like when you see somebody yeah. like that i just post my lifts and when they get to know you and they're like fuck man she's yeah. cool it's cool to know the person yeah you is cool it is and, and they're related. you know i uh i am sponsored by revive and matt jansen he I was kind of talking to him about this because I have always had like, you know, I've always had this fear where like, I am never going to be the person that like talks to my phone. I'm never going to be that person, but I have slowly started to, you know, step out of my comfort zone with that because Matt Jansen, he, he said something to me that kind of resonated well. And it was like, you can be strong you can be one of the strongest in the world, but if people don't know anything else about you besides that you're strong, you know, what is it? 
what does it matter, you know? And I was like, yeah, that that kind of makes sense, you know? (laughs) People want to know and that's fine. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I do need to open up. I do need to, you know, step out of my comfort zone more with this kind of stuff, you know? It's, I know, um, you know, it's weird because you, you tell yourself like, what, what, what does it really matter what I, what my story, what, like you, you, it's, it's easy to say that. And you don't realize, like, like when I told you, I know most people you hear this audio, uh, or, but when I told you like all the people saying you got to get Hunter and some girls being like, I love Hunter. You got to get Hunter on. I want to hear about her. And you're like, facial expressions like, what? It's like, um, you don't realize people are watching and people draw and people, uh, you might think like, whatever, it doesn't matter. But Nobody if you, cares. Right, right. There it is. Right. You might be like, no one cares. But, and, and it's true. Like, you know what, you know, to an extent, I get it when people tell themselves up, whatever, it's just no one cares. But sometimes people are looking for things, looking for a little inspiration. We, as humans, we draw inspiration from each other. Like when, if yeah. you could do it, if so, she could do it, I could do it. Look at, I, I had a rough, I was rough at this initially, but did you know Hunter couldn't, she was in a Smith machine and did you know, like, you know what I mean? You just feel it helps, right? Like people it start, does. people just like with you, Stacey Bird, it's the same deal. It may be more so if they hear the story and it's more relatable. You never know who's more relatable to who, right? It's, uh, it depends on the person. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to freak you out beforehand, and tell you how many people were telling me you got to come on just in case you were nervous. It is better to tell you after the fact. Oh, by the way, there's this is. This I agree. Is, I agree. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, have you noticed it yet, or is it like? Have people reached out to you, and uh, have you? Has it changed the way you approach things? I know it's still fairly new since the showdown, but those five thousand people don't know you personally. They're here because they're they like. Don't right they're here from what they saw and it's got to be a little weird (laughs) it is is. and like it's so surreal to me because i am that way i think oh it doesn't matter you know i did okay you know whatever um so when people that i kind of see as really great powerlifters in this sport reach out to me and they're like hey good job this weekend you did fantastic like i'm like what what do you mean like you know are you sure you know who like, i am they're like oh, i'm a you big know, fan You're like what when you have people like stacy burr coming up and hugging you after your attempts or steppy cohen messaging you and saying hey good job you know i'm just blown away did you tell stacy about the story how you hopped online and see her did you did she know or she so i have talked about this um but i never actually told her in person (laughs) i don't don't know that she knows well she she is literally the whole reason I got into this sport. 
It's so, uh, you know, it's maybe it's better if she hears the story in a podcast and, and you're like, I don't know if I want to tell her in person and, and I get weird <laughs> right? with it. You maybe know, you get all weird good. when you're, 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 this, is you're the, like, this is the easy way. Right. You're like, I don't want to get weird with this, make them feel awkward by telling them, I just want you to know. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm crying. I just want oh. you to know. <laughs> when it starts like know. that, when it starts, I just want you to know. And it's like, oh, fuck. Here we go. This is gonna get weird. It was, <laughs> what's, it's um, you've come full circle right there. You know what's uh, gonna yeah, get. Man. I really have. What it becomes really weird is three years from now, when the next Hunter Henderson walks up to you and says, "Hey, listen, I watched you at the showdown, and I just want you to know," and you'd be like, "Stop it! I know what you're about to say." <laughs> i can't wait i cannot be... wait if a woman came up to me today and said hey i started powerlifting because i saw you at the show and i would be over the moon you know i would be that would inspire me honestly yeah. hearing that so i can't wait yeah Fair enough. So when you were, uh, everybody who I have on the podcast, I always, and I know you're only four competitions in, but I always ask this mm -hmm. question. Um, yeah. When all is said and done, let's say it's, you know, you're whatever, 60 years old, you're looking back. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? Ooh. This is good. <laughs> this, is, this is good and this is hard. We're kind of moving in that direction a little bit with the conversation. So a little bit. How do I want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as one of the greatest in the world. And I also want to be remembered as one of the kindest. You know, you know, there is so many assholes in this world. And, you know, people completely changed the route of my life based on how they treated me and how kind they were. You want to see? Is that your dog? Yeah. I Let me see. Hi. Let me see this guy. Oh, look at him. <laughs> Let me see. Hi. Hi. Okay. Okay. Let's go potty. <laughs> um so yeah i would say i want to be remembered as one of the greatest in this sport and i want to be remembered as one of the kindest uh because i think kindness goes such a long way it's um it is exactly like your friend said and you experienced where you could be super strong but the impression you can make when someone approaches you out of their comfort zone and they feel vulnerable and when they're like, they, even if they're in their day-to-day -day life confident, but when they see you, they're out of their comfort zone, they're like, holy shit, there's Hunter. And if you make the proper impression there, that's the shit that when they're 85, they're going to remember. You know what I mean? It's so impactful. And it, it honestly, I think it makes or breaks whether that person stays in the sport. You, you can know, change their if direction. If they came in that into the gym that day and I was a complete raging bitch to them, you know, they would probably leave and not come back. But if they came in and I was like, "Hey, let me show you how to do this. 
or hey, let me, you know, help you or let me spot you know, completely hooked on the sport and remember that. And I just think it goes such a long way. It's a, it's, yeah, it's almost like responsibility when you could change someone's total path by the way you treat them. But it is true. They say like, be careful, be careful meeting your heroes or your idols. And um, when you take that into consideration, whenever you meet somebody, I mean, especially it's kind of weird, but from here on out, if you meet a power lifter, they probably already know who you are. It's going to be right. So you're like, oh, yeah. now, now I can't kind of fade or just do whatever I want. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's going to talk about every interaction they have now, right? You're like, ah. But yeah. uh, listen, I people think- like, people, sorry, people no, like say it. like fangirl. And I'm like, why? Like it still has it a hundred percent set in with me. Um, I still think I still think that I'm like climbing that ladder, um, which I am, in all honesty. But like when people say, "Oh, I'm fangirling," I'm like, <laughs> "Why are you doing that?" I'm just a normal you, person. <laughs> you feel weird, nobody. Like, what are you talking about? Babe, like, higher. There's got to be some movie star. Don't don't do yeah, this. Yeah, there's got to be like Matthew McConaughey somewhere. Like, come on. <laughs> but Matthew McConaughey cannot squat when you squat. Let's be honest. I'm sure he can. He can't, so <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, listen, muchly appreciated having you on here. I know this is a Friday night, uh, and, and I took a good chunk of your time here, so I appreciate your time. Is Before you go, is there anybody, A, you want to thank, and B, um, let everybody know if uh, if they can like you know follow you on social media? I don't know if you do coaching, if that's available, or, or what have you. Uh, so I actually don't coach, uh, and I don't think that I ever want to be a coach. And that's because, you know, I am, I'm a workhorse. I don't really dive much into the science behind things. I don't dive much into the knowledge behind things. Um, I know the basic stuff. Uh, but I honestly just enjoy doing, mm. I don't really enjoy the thinking part of it all, uh, as weird as that sounds. Um, well, it doesn't sound that well, look at, put it this way. Cause you, we talked earlier, you've got a full-time job and it's, it's totally on powerlifting related. And, um, if you could show up and just exert and just get your energy out and just smash some weights and have fun, it, yeah. once you have to start you know, researching, investigating, and then working on like a prop programs and whatnot, it's now a job and it's not fun anymore. Like it makes sense where it's like, I'm not here to fucking analyze and think right now. I got a full-time job. Thanks. This is my, this is for me. Right? It is. <laughs> is it absolutely me. is. So you it know, makes sense. I, work, I work like 10 hour days and then I go straight to the gym. So I just want to do, you know, right. I just want to be alone, wear my headphones and do. Uh, so yeah. It's definitely yeah, that, an escape from all the madness. With that context, it, it makes a, uh, I knew we had talked before we came on, so people might have context, but I, I get it. We talked about earlier about how, um, I'm the same way, man. I, I do too, so much powerlifting to an extent. You're like, nah, 
don't really want to go home and crunch numbers and, and, no. and sort out your squat problems with no. video. I'm good. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. Yeah, I got you. I understand. And and what about who would you like to thank? Who would I like to thank? Oh man. You kind of already did, but we could double back. <laughs> <laughs> uh as far as like at the gym, uh Ryan, JP, Jeff, Frank, uh, Tom, and Greeno. I don't really train with other women. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I'm totally open to other women like training with me, but uh, they just don't seem to want to, you know, come over with me uh so I normally train by myself uh but those those guys have really you know taught me everything I know and they have been some of my biggest supporters you know they have come to every single meet and they have been there every single training day and um like spotted every single rep so uh definitely want to say thank you and that I'm grateful for them because I would not be the athlete that I am without them. And there it is. And you must have a guardian angel thing somewhere too, because you dodged a couple bullets early. <laughs> just, just a couple, you dodged know, a just couple. a couple, you know, definitely want to say thank you to mom and dad as well, because oh, they definitely sacrificed so much. To take care of me, so. I'm gonna rewatch that freaking um, Iron Rebel video too now that I know. yes, please do. Yeah, my dad is like my dad's on the right and he like throws his fist in the air and as soon as he did that, I like started falling. I was like, oh my god, this is too much. This is too much emotion. It was you cried again. You were crying in the video. I know. I gotta watch it again. Oh, man, it was so both. good. Look, it's uh, much appreciated. Hopefully you have many more moments like this. I'm sure you will. And uh, I hope so. Keep in touch. 100%. We will keep in touch. Uh, I definitely want to have you on. This was an easy conversation. Crush the Yes, this is Friday. awesome. So, uh, yeah, good luck. We'll keep in touch and enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, thank you so much. Bye, Hunter. You as well. See ya.